buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. All right, what is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. I've got an exciting guest for you today. I've got Rosie Per. She is an enterprise AE. I caught one of her videos on LinkedIn that was hilarious and knew that I had to have her on the show. Rosie, thanks for coming on. How you doing? Great, thank you. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm excited. Yeah, awesome. So before we hop into the tactical things, which we've got some exciting topics, um, just give us the short version of your sales story, like how you got into sales and kind of go from there. You know, we salespeople love to talk a lot. So whenever we're asked to, you know, to give the short version, I'm going to try yeah. my best. <laughs> so mm. I was born in Georgia, the country, by the way, near Russia. Uh, and I moved to Israel as a child and both my parents work in high tech. So since a young age, I kind of saw all the cool stuff, technology that we're working on, but too bad. I didn't like anything that is too technical. So I knew I wanted to work with people. Sales was a natural choice. Also, mm -hmm. by the way, being an only child, my parents dragged me anywhere pretty much where they went because they, you know, they had nowhere to leave me. So I also picked up different languages. Uh, so fast forward a few years, um, you know, for the past six or seven years, I've been working in sales. I love this profession. Uh, it sounds very corny to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. It feels like a hobby I get paid for. Um, mm. It's nice. I really feel lucky to have found my my passion, my voca professional vocation uh, early. Uh, so I started my career at Basic International, largest telco, managing 45 international partnerships. So there was a lot of the hunter aspect of recruiting new blood into into the portfolio, but also the the management, the relationship management. That was cool. A lot of traveling, which I loved. Moved then on to Live Person. Live Person is an American company doing chatbots and AI. And at Life, Life Person, I served as an account executive. And the cool thing about that is that uh, that was my, you know, hardcore introduction into complex sales. So at Life Person, mm -hmm. our sales cycle were like six, nine months, very complex projects around chatbots, large budgets. I had to involve so many different uh, stakeholders from my team work with uh, external stakeholders. And I think the fact that I really love this profession and I had a great team has um, you know, allowed me to, to reach the top 1% uh, for sales performance. Um, President's Club as well, which is nice recognition for hard work. Moved then onto Site. Uh, Site is a visual AI startup. It's an Israeli startup, really cool. It's basically the ability to take an image 
and to scan it for different objects with within it. So then you can do the matching. Um, that was cool. I mainly worked with retailers, fashion companies, uh, which was a big benefit because I'm a huge um, fan of fashion. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, and I'll just mention about site. Ninety percent of the projects were completely outbound, cold, no active projects. The technology is so new and innovative that not many companies even knew what sort of value it could provide. So at Side, they had an insane process of, um, you know, turning nothing into a closed deal within a few months. So that was mm. a valuable skill. And I'm about to start something new soon, um, mm. which I'll be able to share. And on the side, I really like to make fun of salespeople on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm curious to dig into like, you know, your experience in, in these long sales cycles and complex sales, like enterprise sales is not for everybody. I'm one of those people that doesn't even have the patience for enterprise. So, um, I'm curious, like what skills have you picked up and learned along the way that you could you know, share with people that are in that place and maybe struggling a little bit or are thinking about, you know, trying to, you know, go in that direction. Yeah. So enterprise sales, I feel like everyone has their own interpretation of what enterprise sales really means. Uh, yeah. So to me, what it means is that uh, the deal is structured as a sort of puzzle with many different parts. And it's your job to see the sort of full picture and to uh, manage the different moving parts, right? So we're talking about complex sales, sometimes longer cycles, but by the way, it's science, even though it was enterprise sales, they managed to design such a great process that we would even, you know, go from, um, you know, zero awareness almost to close deal within two or three months, like huge mm. deals. So I'd say one thing that is critical uh, from what I've seen works best is to become a real expert okay in the industry or for the industry you're trying to serve so with sites if i was working with retailers you know i can't expect to get in a call and there's no active project perhaps uh, it was outbound it was kind of cold i can't get on that call without being super prepared so there is a sort of industry knowledge level we actually have to dedicate time as aes or even as sdrs as anyone in that you know in our sales department to research to learn our industry what's trending you know what are typical retailers for instance struggling with or, or you know banks maybe you work with learn your industry literally go and dedicate a few hours per week to do that and then mm. on the accounts level you have to do that as well so let's say you know i want to work with levi's there's no chance in the world i'll get on a call with levi's and i'll get one of their executives and I won't be super prepared. I won't know what they're working on. You know, a new cool project that they released with a TikTok, for instance. I need to understand both the ecosystem and on the account level, what's going on to be able to share the most crisp, relevant, fun, exciting insights. Mm, mm, okay. And something you mentioned early on is like becoming a consultant. And something that we talked about before we, we started recording is, is really just becoming a consultant for your clients. So tell me, what does that mean? Yeah, so our role as salespeople has changed massively since the rise of internet. I mean, the new currency is not really information anymore. It's not knowledge anymore. 
but actually insights, how to apply that knowledge, you know, how to connect the dots, how to take X to help you do Y. So information mm-hmm. is not enough, right? If we get on calls and all we do is just, you know, vomit everything we know about the product and just, you know, statistics and share, share, share. That's not enough. We need to tailor that to the specific priority challenge of the specific prospect we're speaking to. So a good test for that is ask yourself, does every conversation I'm having sound different from the previous one I had? Does it sound mm. different? Am I tailoring? So that's a good test that I like. I like to ask myself that in every call. And if I didn't do that, it means I I, I wasn't sharp enough. I wasn't tailoring that enough. So our role has changed from simply providing information, which was what salespeople were doing in the 70s, 80s, 90s, to actually helping our prospects navigate extremely complex buying environments, buying processes, helping them understand what makes sense for them, what doesn't make sense. Because buying today, and especially during COVID, is really hard. It's really hard. I mean, we have to get in the shoes of our buyer. They need to engage so many stakeholders. Many times they don't even know who they need to engage. Maybe it's their first time buying software. Maybe it's their first time buying software in that company. So there's so much uncertainty. There's so much complexity. We need to become the sort of guiding light for a prospect to help them connect many dots. And we can only do this when we understand them. We, we It's hard to do because we've probably never worked a day in our life in their specific position, but Mm. to get as close to that as possible. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I love, uh, I don't know if you follow Josh Braun, but I'm a big fan of Josh Braun and he talks about really understanding, you know, the job to be done, you know, like understanding, you know, what is the job that your prospect does and and really, um, you know, to be better at being that consultant for them, you really need to understand what problems they have, you know, where do they hang out? What do they do? What are their goals? Um, and, and that be- helps you be- ha- drive those more dynamic conversations than just, you know, hitting play on your demo or just running through the playbook um, or, you know, live and dying by your script. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people, a lot of salespeople really want to have that silver bullet and all the answers. And like having relationships with people, especially in sales, is just too dynamic to have a one size fits all. I agree. I agree. And you know, calling, I love it when, you know, sales leaders, sales managers, when they ask their reps to go deeper in conversations, right? No, you know, ask more questions, get to the bottom of the thing, find their mm-hmm. real motivation, find the real problems, issues, pains, right? The sales, the pains. Uh, we can't do that if we're not equipped with enough knowledge and insight and understanding otherwise when we do ask those good questions and the prospect answers we're like oh my god what does that mean what i don't understand so um the fact that many of us do not go deep and we kind of use this sort of old record that's just playing and playing on sort of autopilot mode is because of lack of confidence in our ability to handle deeper conversations we can't do that without actually dedicating on a weekly basis, time for research, sharing information. We, we used to have a Slack channel, for instance, that was very active. Whatever really good article we found, we shared, boom. That was such a game changer. We, I, I used to get on calls with retailers and I used to like, hey, congratulations for that cool project you just launched. And my, you know, my content was like, what project? I wasn't even aware of it. And then some of them would write to me, Rosie, you know, your, our conversations, they keep us updated. Uh, because I used to share stuff that I see around the industry, their company, and 
that's not only is it you know a huge compliment for a salesperson to be helpful, but also it positions you uh, as an expert. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like selling without selling and just focusing on adding value to the relationship. Yes, exactly. Adding value that's gonna lead um, at some point to your cure, to your solution, to helping them change the status quo. Because what's a real job as salespeople? A real job is to help people, people, not businesses. It all starts with people to make changes and to make changes always hard. Uh, and we can only do this if we're equipped with the right tools, with the understanding, with the knowledge, and we're able to shed light on the, you know, painful status quo on why it's so important to change because we're risk averse. M most of us don't like change. We try to avoid that. Even if we know it makes sense, we're like, oh, mm -hmm. but yeah, the risk. So we have to start thinking of ourselves more of these sort of guiding experts, a bit of psychology. You know, we need to get back to basics. Uh, a lot of project management, maybe that's le the less sexy side of sales, a lot of project management, getting all the right people together, uh, helping them plan the timelines, you know, good summaries, not the fluff, you know, here's a product brochure, whatever, PDF, mm. actual, you know, summaries according to their timelines, what we need to do, what's left, where are we in the process? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I love it. That is that is how you become a consultant for your client right there. So, uh, all right. So let's talk, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, I know something that you're, you're, you're passionate about is like sales and marketing collaborating better together, right? Rather than kind of just working in their own little worlds and pointing fingers at each other. So, so talk to me a little bit, like, how do you work better and collaborate with your marketing team and what are some problems that you see that, you know, and what are some possible solutions? Yeah. So that's definitely a, a topic that's close to my heart. You know, sales and marketing traditionally have very problematic relationships. I mean, the mm. finger pointing, you know, the, the animosity <laughs> it's uh, there either directly or subliminally, but you know, now it's not even nice to have anymore to have your sales and marketing collaborating well together it's a must have it mm. is critical it's gonna be the make or break of of companies and i'll, I'll explain why i think so so according to gartner's later latest research on b2b sales i mean it's a huge report but I totally recommend you know reading through um 80% of the research or prospect do, they're done with before they come and talk to us sales folks. 80% of it. So we in sales, I mean, we never get a fair chance of, you know, starting with a clean slate and building this nice process and everything and explaining it. We don't get that. They already come with some sort of understanding with research, even bias, right? Because when you're researching, yeah, you kind of like this company more, that competitor, the bias. So where do they get the information from about us? They get it from our website, from YouTube, from social media. Who's responsible for that? Mostly our marketing. So we now in sales and in marketing need to collaborate much better because actually marketing has a huge role in the sales process. It's not just about brand building and raising awareness and educating the market. They're actually actively there way down in the sales funnel and we need to start speaking the same language, for instance. So mm -hmm. marketing and, and sales, by the way, as well, 
We use a lot of fluff. We use a lot of fluffy words that don't make sense. I mean, I go on the website. I'm like, I don't understand what this company does. They all sound the same. Cutting yeah. edge, enterprise, award-winning, market-leading, AI-fueled analytics. Oh my goodness! You know, we need to get back to basics. We need to speak the same language. We need to speak fresh, crisp language、uh, to stand out. And that's just one example. Mm, yeah, no, I, I I do agree with that. There is a lot of fluff that's used, and it's so frustrating when you hit a website and you're like, I have no idea what you do. Like it all, it sounds cool, but I still have no idea what you do. And like the the worst thing for a prospect,、um, regardless of what stage they're at, is if you send them something or they hit your website and they're just confused. Um, it just sets a horrible example, and it's a and it's a really bad first impression. All right, so this is a topic that I I want to bring up because you you love creating these videos, and it's what caught my attention. So when did you start doing this, and 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 why, and 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 has it helped you, um, in in any of your roles? And let's kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah, sure. So I was always a heavy LinkedIn user. I mean, working on sales, it's just a great tool I used to leverage.、Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I was one of those、uh, salespeople that was also using automation, sending you know hundred messages to complete strangers and getting、mm-hmm. a lot of you know mean comments back, which I, I deserved.、Um, so back in summer of twenty twenty June, I mean COVID. Um, you know, a crazy situation. The world is like locked down, and I mean, the third lockdown already here、uh, in Tel Aviv.、Uh, anyway, I I felt a little bit、uh, stuck. What's the sort of number one objection we heard in 2020?、Mm-hmm. We heard projects are stalled, projects are on hold, everyone is in panic mode. We have no budget, no money, everyone's dying. I was like, okay. So after sending my eighth, just following up email or phone call, and、I、understand that right now is not the best time to close and to buy. What can I do to stay top of mind for whenever the gate opens up again, whenever the funds are there again, and what can I do? And I started thinking about LinkedIn, like community building, brand building. Okay, let's try that. So I started following、uh, a lady.、Uh, you probably know her, Sarah Brazier from Gong. S- mm-hmm. She was an SDR at Gong, and she was writing really cool, fun content. And I was like, LinkedIn, fun? Like, what's what's the connection? But anyway,、mm-hmm. I, I started writing, and I started getting to the habit and and posting consistently. And really, consistency here, as corny as it sounds, is the key. I started finding my voice, like what I I like talking about, writing about, and what my audience、uh, seems to engage with. So that's how I came up with sort of making fun of. Either fluffy, you know, corporate jargon and emails, or you know, life as a salesperson. And honestly, I was shocked. I was shocked at how fertile the grounds were right now on LinkedIn. And to share with you, only zero point zero five percent out of six hundred million users share content on a weekly basis. So. You know, I was able to generate over 1.5 million organic impressions, and that was last year. I need to count it for this year.、Um, you know, hundreds of messages for partnerships, collaborate prospects. I used to chase. Oh my God, that was like <laughs> the biggest prospects I used to chase are engaging with me and liking my posts. So that was nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a way to entertain your audience, right? But having the right audience and building the right network. 
uh, is definitely important. So I, I love that. And, and I loved your, your video on pitch, uh, which goes into a little bit of that, like stuff that's still going on with, uh, making fun of, you know, these long, you know, pitch vomits messages that people are still sending on LinkedIn, which I, I, I don't even understand why people are still doing it because it doesn't work. Um, and so it, I'm, I'm, I will be happy to see when that thing starts to go away and people stop doing that. Honestly, there's so much shaming going on right now that I wouldn't even dare <laughs> to do that. And I think not only it doesn't work, it actually does a lot of damage to your brand. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it just, you know, it's completely misunderstanding the context of LinkedIn today, which is social media platform. Uh, so we can't do that anymore. And I, I think a lot of companies are still stuck there. Just, you know, send more messages, increase the reach. I mean, how much more? I mean, you can buy software for $5 and send, you know, hundreds of thousands of emails with like tiny, tiny conversion rates. So, hey, mister, maybe it's not the reach problem. Maybe it's your copy. Maybe it's your approach. Um, creativity, standing out, doing something fresh, doing something new. And I love what um, there's a guy, Ryan Scalera. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right. Yeah. Ryan Scalera did on LinkedIn. He was actually pitching a company, um, not really pitching, but he was pitching a company through a LinkedIn video that he posted. Yeah. How he cool does raps. Yeah. Yeah. How cool is yeah. that? Yeah, it's so cool. And it's worked really well for him. I've had him on the show as well and uh, and uh, love the stuff he's doing too. It's just, and, and, and it's just a way to really stand out and be different. Like nobody else is doing this stuff. Um, yeah, so th this was a ton of fun. Thank you so much for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, anything, any final thoughts, you know, anything you want to let folks know before we let you go? I would say if I were to sort of uh, give my, my best tip would be to slow your conversations down a little bit, tone it down a notch. Um, active listening, which is so hard to do. It's not a soft skill at all. It's a hard skill to master. So I would say focusing on that, uh, using pauses, slowing down uh, has been tremendously helpful for me. But thank you for having me, Colin. That was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. And if you're listening to the podcast and you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share it with your friends, and we're always listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.